Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. I'm betting on daily fantasy sports, the business that is. And while I don't spend money on DraftKings, FanDuel, and the like, I think they'll survive the scrutiny. New York's Attorney General probing them now and Yahoo as well. Eric Schneiderman seeking a temporary injunction to shut down DraftKings and FanDuel in the state, saying they're gambling sites. It would be a really big hit to the companies. FanDuel, for example, has more than 600,000 players in New York, representing about 10% of its entire customer base. They have also become the subject of congressional inquiries and have been banned in Nevada. But the conversation will eventually move to taxation, as in how to collect from the daily fantasy firms. The industry is too entrenched. Your latest chance to own a piece of a major professional sports franchise is coming courtesy of John Malone's Liberty Media. The company creating a tracking stock on the NASDAQ called Liberty Braves Group. It includes the Atlanta Braves, plus the club's interest in the new SunTrust Park and adjacent mixed-use development in Cobb County. It's expected to start trading in the first half of 2016. Other franchises that trade include the New York Knicks and New York Rangers, which are part of Madison Square Garden Networks, plus Manchester United, which went public in the U.S. in 2012. These may not be great investments, but they're great ways for fans to connect with their favorite team and also teams to gain added exposure and visibility in the community. Not a lot of money, but a lot of exposure. And the NHL's Carolina Hurricanes staying put. Despite continued efforts by team owner Peter Camanos Jr. to sell his majority share of the team, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman's not worried about the franchise leaving Raleigh anytime soon, according to the Sports Business Daily. The Hurricanes have seen a recent decline in revenue and attendance, ranking last in the NHL so far this year. But Bettman said he doesn't think anyone needs to worry about the future of the club in North Carolina. And even though Bettman remains confident, many speculate that if Las Vegas or Quebec City are not given expansion teams, one of the ownership groups could look to buy and relocate a current NHL franchise. Gary Bettman's been a longtime fan of market stability, giving regions every chance to survive and thrive, and this is no different. Now to the importance of sports in American culture. I sat down with Arizona senior U.S. Senator John McCain recently during a rain delay at a NASCAR event at Phoenix International Raceway in Arizona. The interview recorded by NASCAR. Senator McCain, it is truly an honor. Thank you very much for spending time with us. Thank you. Broadly defined, sports entertainment as big business, there are federal policy implications, tax exemptions, remove them or not for facilities, public-private partnership, federal issues, relocation, a lot of specifics, but broadly defined, how do you view sports in this context? Well, I view sports in this context in the context of the Sherman Antitrust Act. In other words, they're able to have exclusive franchises in different uh, locales in this country, and maybe even overseas over time. Uh, so, uh, and that's understandable and reasonable. But that gives them a degree of immunity, but it also then does bring in the federal government into their business. Now, if they were not receiving uh, the Sherman Antitrust Act 
protections and tax dollars to fund their expansions or stadiums, etc., then I, as a United States Senator, would not be involved in any way. But when they take a taxpayers-funded uh, facility uh, and decide that they're going to black out the area because they haven't sold out the stadium, then that's when I step in and say, no, you're not going to deprive the people of your locality, which you have the exclusive right to, from seeing a game just because you didn't make enough money. And so that's when one of my, uh, my causes, and I'm sure it's made me very unpopular with some of the owners. In fact, I know, I know it has, has been. But look, it is part of America. The, the Major League Sports is, uh, is an integral part of America. I will never forget, as long as I live, years ago when I was in a Vietnamese prison camp and I got some new prisoners in, the first thing we want to know is who won the Super Bowl. That was the first question that we asked these new guys. So uh, it is, but with that kind of role that professional sports plays, they also have some obligations. And we've talked off camera about owners taking another step, Steve Ross and his initiative to end racism. It doesn't end it, but it certainly speaks to the obligations of owners, teams, leagues to be socially responsible in the broader context, correct? And that's why it was so disturbing a couple of months ago when we found out that the Department of Defense was paying money for so-called patriotic events, honoring the men and women who were serving, flags, etc. And I want to make it clear, there's a difference between, for example, here at NASCAR, uh, the National Guard sponsors a car, pays for it, that's fine, that's a recruiting tool. But that's far different from saying we're honoring all of our veterans at halftime and here's the flag and aren't we great, we the franchise, aren't we wonderful, we're honoring when they're actually getting money for it. That, that was a bit of a black eye, uh, especially for the NFL. Leagues clearly take you seriously. They've taken you seriously for a number of years and so there will be some technical adjustments as a consequence of what you've done. But again, in the broader social context, there's no better way to show patriotism than attend a NASCAR or a sporting event, I assume. No, and NASCAR is especially good at that, particularly given the average, if you look at it, uh, middle-income, patriotic American that loves uh, NASCAR. And by the way, I think that the, our major franchise owners uh, do great things. They do a lot of wonderful things in the community. We have seen example after example of the outreach of efforts to help address uh, community issues, whether it be education or whether it be hospitals and places. And a lot of the athletes are wonderful, don't get me wrong. But from time to time, uh, we have to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And you certainly have the ability and experience and leverage to make sure they're doing the right thing. Let's segue. Could, could I mention one other thing? Go ahead. I did receive a letter from the commissioner. This, this uh, pay for patriotism is over. They will not allow that to happen again. And I'm very happy to know that. And that took three hours, five hours after your press conference? Yeah, not long. <laughs> Not long. There's the leverage comment. Let's segue into sports as economic development, if you don't mind. Uh, we're here at PIR, the mm -hmm. Quicken Loans Heroes 500 happening. Uh, and the other issue of 
announcing a IndyCar race here. So there are three Super Bowl uh, dimensioned economic impact weekends on a calendar year. In this context, you acknowledge and support the idea of sports as big business, big business development. Sports is not only big business, there's a certain prestige associated with having the, the four major professional sports uh, here, franchises here. NASCAR, it isn't probably, I, we all agree that Daytona is probably the biggest NASCAR event, but PIR has become really very up there, and they're going to invest some, uh, quite a bit of money to upgrade the facility here. and. This, uh, we have the Super Bowl sometimes, we have college playoffs, we have all kinds of great things here. But you know what the number one in attendance is every year? PIR. And uh, people, uh, it was interesting driving in today, it's sold out. There are people now scalping tickets. That shows the popularity that, uh, that this, uh, this sport has in this part of the country. And nationally and internationally as well. So, and corporately, awareness from the kind of narrow perspective of the valley. When you mention mm -hmm. PIR Avondale Phoenix, thousands of times it gets noticed by corporate world, but also by the the world, the business world at large. It gets recognized by the business world, but it's also, frankly, a, a source of pride for those of us that live in the valley and in the state. It's nice to see the Arizona Cardinals, the Phoenix Coyotes, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, and PIR is, in if you sheer numbers, that's bigger than any of those uh, single events. So we're very pleased to have PIR here in the Valley. It's been here a long time, and uh, there's going to be there's commitments to upgrade the facility here too as well. Speaking of facility upgrades, and we're not going to micromanage it, but the whole idea of the political and public-private aspect of this, mayors, political leaders always tell me that the easiest thing to understand, but the hardest to quantify, is the the intangible spirit of bringing a team, having a team win, having a team succeed. How, 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 do, how, do, you, how do you analyze that? First of all, let me say in full disclosure, I would not like to see a single dime of taxpayers' dollars used to build any of these facilities. I just, uh, maybe a tax write-off, but, but it is what it is. They have the exclusive franchise and the area, and they can always move. That's their right to do so. So we see taxpayer finance stadiums. And what do you think is going to happen out in Los Angeles here? As they, we know it's inevitable, there's going to be at least one NFL franchise out there. I don't like it, but it is what it is. And, and to counterbalance that, I, it's, it's a great source of pride to me to be in a state where, which is not a very large state, where so many people come, where so many events are held because they love the venue. Now the weather has something to do with that, but there's a lot of other places with good weather, and yet in, in Phoenix we get much more than our share, whether it be in college playoffs or whether it be a number of the other uh, NBA. We're going, excuse me, we're going to have the college uh, NCAA championship here in, uh, in Phoenix as well. So. I'm proud, and it gives our citizens a great sense of pride that it's happening here, even if your mother-in-law comes to visit while the, that event is taking place. 
gives the mother-in-law something to do and, <laughs> and the person that's being visited something to do. Just one follow-up on that question, if you don't mind. The whole idea of public-private partnerships, you said maybe tax write-offs. We won't micromanage that either, but we know that there's been about $17 billion of public money spent over the last 20 years in a lot of different contexts. Infrastructure, for example, tax credits, increment dollars. So. It's not a. It's not an absolute prohibition, as you said. It is what it is. It's it's a it's a it's a technique. How do you do it? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about, for example, uh, the one thing we need in America right now is an upgrade of our highways, bridges, uh, etc. And yet, in in the Congress, uh, there's a little hope now. We may have a highway bill. We lurch from year to year with extensions of the old bill. Look, if there's anything that's vital, and I think, to the economy of the state of Arizona is an upgrade of our infrastructure. So uh, I'm not only not opposed to it, I'm proud that General President Eisenhower uh, put together the first highway system that has made America so benefited uh, financially because of it. And the greatest thing that could happen in Arizona is a highway that goes from the Mexico-Arizona border all the way to Canada. That's my dream. John McCain, the sports fan, obviously you go and watch as many different sporting events as you possibly can. So years from now, the plate is full with going to as many sporting events as are out there. Yes, I am perhaps the classic mediocre high school and college athlete that engaged in all sports, so therefore has an incredible appreciation for those with the talents that uh, excel at it. And some of my heroes, frankly, Larry Fitzgerald, Shane Doan, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, we've had some really great, uh, some really great athletes and nice guy athletes as well. Since you've established your sports curriculum vitae and chops, and I don't take this disrespectfully, just everybody wants to know what what, what is John McCain doing ten years from now. John McCain is probably down at the old soldier's home waiting for someone to come and blow the cavalry charge so I can get into the fight again. Uh, my hero is Teddy Roosevelt, and Teddy Roosevelt gave a great speech one time called The Man in the Arena. I've loved being in the arena. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and uh, Senator McCain, thank you. And just one more parenthetical comment. We're here in a rain delay at the race today. Mm -hmm. You do have the ability to change the weather, like the uh, reputation? Um, actually, uh, we are so glad when it rains around here. My predecessor, a guy named Barry Goldwater, once said that in Arizona we have so little water the trees chase the dogs. So we're grateful for any rain we ever get. Thank you, sir. It was an honor. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. The producer of the show is Alex Cohen. Audio producer, Adam Wieson. Technical assistance provided by Jamie Weber, Tanner Simpkins, and Carlos Waddick. The executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Colarusso.